0: This is episode number 125 of Patrick Jones Baseball. And on this episode, we have Matt Tanner. Matt is Blast Motion's baseball channel manager. Um, and if you guys have been listening to the podcast regularly, you know um, I use Blast Motion, have an affiliate code PJB25. You get $25 off. And it's just been something I've been using for a really long time. But one of the things that I really haven't done is I haven't really talked about you know what all the metrics mean because we can have all of the technology in the world but if you don't know what the numbers mean and how to use them then it really doesn't do us any good at all so Matt uh, came on the show was awesome answered all my questions like we literally go through all the metrics talk about which ones are important important which ones aren't as important And that's what I really liked about Matt is um, he was like, hey, like a few of these metrics, maybe you don't need to worry as much about focus on these. Um, And here's kind of like what the big league average is here. So what the average has been up in the Cape Cod League when we've uh, tested players as well. So we get pretty in depth with some of them. And I think it's just, it helps all the coaches out there who do use Blast or who are thinking about going out and using Blast and implementing it um, for their players. So hope you guys enjoy this episode with Matt Tanner. <laughs> All right, and we are now live with Matt Tanner, who is the baseball channel manager for Blast Motion. Matt, thanks for coming on
1: today. Yeah, Patrick, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: So, I've been using Blast Motion for uh, several years now and um use it actually used it my last year as a player and then once I made that transition into coaching as well. And, uh, and I I love it. I th- I really genuinely do think it's the best uh bat sensor that's, that's out there. Um but I'm kind of curious as to you, – you've been at Blast now for not too long, but a long enough period of time. You know what you're doing. Um, how did you get, though, to this point in your career?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it, my baseball background is pretty in-depth. Uh, I, I grew up uh, – stayed across from you over in uh, Pennsylvania. I know you're an Ohio native. Um, playing ball my whole life, probably similar to you since I was a little guy. So, Uh, the sport itself was always pretty natural. I mean, I was always around it, but uh, my journey to blast, um, you know, I graduated college in 2002, um, went into a sales position um, for, you know, a decade plus. Uh, Recently, I moved out to Southern California to the San Diego area. Our our headquarters is in the uh, Carlsbad area. And a year and a half ago, uh, we were making some adjustments. Our channel was starting to grow a little bit. We saw our major league market start to really increase. So, we are kind of blurring the lines between the amateur market, you know, collegiate and everything down and the MLB and the the minor league market and starting to get really busy on both sides. Um, So it was just a time and place for blast motion to start to um, separate the two, right. To understand that our professional programs need um, certain attention and that our amateur market needs a certain attention. So I'm coming up uh, a little over a year and a half with blast motion on the channel management side. Um, You know, I, I love that I get the opportunity to talk with you, Patrick, about Blast, but, you know, like anyone says, it takes a village, so you're probably going to hear some other names of, of it, individuals at Blast, and that goes the same for the uh, the sales team that I have an opportunity to work with, is we have a lot of great, uh, enthusiastic guys that all come from baseball backgrounds, all collegiate backgrounds that are all working working around Blast, so I've had the fortunate opportunity to work with a really great group of guys where we're, we're kind of right back in the locker room together uh, over the last year and a half at Blast. <laughs> How many, uh, how many
0: people work at Blast?
1: Yeah, so we're, we're over 60 employees pushing towards 70 employees. Um, wow. We're based in Carlsbad, so we have, again, I mentioned, so we have the bulk of our uh, employees in that area. The upstairs is sales and marketing um, and sort of our, our shipping and uh, logistics. And then downstairs we have our product support team, which is also great. They're, they all come from a sports background, so if you call uh, you call in and have any technical issues with our product you're going to get somebody who's played baseball on their life so you're going to you're going to get that authentic feedback of understanding the game uh, and then we got the guys that are brighter than me that are our sports science guys figuring out the swing and and developing you know all the coding and technology for our product
0: um, one of the really cool things that I've actually been doing recently with uh, with Blast, is I've been having some players use it um, in games, so I've been getting some in-game data, and then plus doing it, you know, in batting practice, soft toss, T work, and just kind of trying to uh, dissect, you know, where the differences are, where the swings at in the game versus batting practice and things of that nature. I know that there are or- several organizations that use Blast in games and things of that nature. Um, obviously, I'm sure that that's their own personal data that they don't just hand it out to anybody, but have you heard of, of a common theme, or are, are there certain metrics that change dramatically in game versus BP, or anything like that?
1: I mean, the short answer is all of it, right? Um, you know, my I, I had the opportunity to pitch in college, but you know, I can still hit off a tee all day long. But as soon as that that ball starts moving at a different velocity and, and starts breaking and spinning different ways, obviously that's when our swing starts to break down. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say you know some of the ones that we see are pretty pretty dramatic, um, are, are really how, how long you can keep that bad path on plane. And I'm sure we'll dive into the data and specific ones a little more often and then how well you can stay connected, right? Um, if you're able to go ahead and get to that low and away pitch or that up and in pitch, um, you know, off a tee or a front toss, you know, they're able to, to self-organize well enough, um, to have some success. But as you start to kind of move up, um, the assessment ladder, uh, whether it's, you know, for some kids, it might be harder, even even having coach pitch at the younger age, and then as that shifts into maybe a uh, a little more high-level machine work, right? Um, or to your point, um, where I see you know a lot of value in what we can offer is the ability to have in-game data. So um, actually understanding what's happening, you know, beyond just the the cage or a data cage, actually taking it on the field and understanding where you uh, kind of where you start to struggle. Um, actually we have a, a great partnership with ABCA and we get the opportunity to travel the, uh, Barnstormers events, which are, uh, 20 college locations, um, all over the nation over the fall. And every year we have an hour, uh, long speaking engagement. And, and to your, to your kind of question that we were diving into this year, our focus is going to actually be on assessing the swing. Where does your swing start to break down? Does it break down on tee? Does it break down on coach pitch? Does it break down on uh, batting practice? And, and understanding, you know, at what point, um, you know, does our data start to show um, where your swing is starting to struggle a little bit and where we can start to make some minor adjustments.
0: What would you say uh, the most important metric is on blast?
1: I mean, if I had to pick one, you know, if I had somebody who was hey, I struggle in, in all areas of my swing, I would say getting your bat to be on plane more consistently would be the, the number one focus. Um now, when I, when I talk about getting on plane with your bad path, what I'm saying is uh, there, there's a moment in time where you're going to be contact with that ball. Um, and, and for many of you, maybe I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand what blast is, but for maybe those that don't, um, we're a little censored. It's on the end of the bat. It might be kind of going backwards a little bit here, but we're able to track – as soon as you make impact with that bat, we're able to track backwards what your bat path looks like and what your swing path looks like, right? So the, the one area that I was particularly talking to about on plane is that point when you make contact, we're tracking backwards how long your vertical bat where it makes makes contact works backwards, percentagely staying on plane. Uh, to give you an idea of what the major league average of on plane is 73%. So whether their bat's a little steeper um, let's say they're good they're going to try to fight something until it's low and in hand, or maybe it's a little bit more middle middle where your your vertical bat might be like negative 20 or 30 degrees or maybe something that's a little more uh, up and away where your bats you know negative 10 or 15 degrees from that impact we're tracking backwards how long and patrick why i would say that's the most important is because any kid at any level wants to make contact consistently right and that's you know i, I have someone who says i struggle in all areas I said, well, all you want to do is just hit the ball, right? That's that's the you know the, the struggle up there with that pitch coming in at any age, whether it's the youth level all the way up to the, to the professional level, is the ability to put the ball on the bat and hit it more consistently. So if I had to focus in on one particular area uh, for an individual, I would track on how you can keep your, your bat plane uh, percentagely on a longer path.
0: So that would be the on-plane efficiency on the blast? You
1: got it. Yeah, it's our on-plane efficiency. And again, we're looking at that as a – as a percentage of how long you're able to stay on that plane. And this particular data point um, isn't, you know, this is something that, that an eight-year-old can do just as well as, as a big leader, right? Um, when we start diving into some other data points like rotational acceleration and um, your ability to have bat speed, obviously that's going to have more to do as we're growing up and getting stronger and using more of our core strong muscles. Um, but when we, look, when we talk about the pers- your on-plane efficiency, um, again, that's something from, from our little leaguers all the way up to our junior varsity varsities and then into the collegiate and into the professional, um, organizations. Like you keep that on a long percent, Patrick, you're just going to make more consistent contact.
0: Would you say anything above 75 can be a bad thing? Because I guess in a sense you could start your bat, right? Just completely flat <laughs> way back near the catcher and just swing right from there. And you'd have like a hundred percent on plane.
1: Yeah. I mean, The reality with the swing is you're going to start it up on your shoulder, right? Right. So, and we can't get away from that. I mean, that's how we're going to generate our power, right? Um, To your point, if I started to drop the bat, you know, to my waist level and try to swing from there, I'm just not going to be able to generate Uh, enough torque to you know to actually push the ball you know and drive it into the gaps right so I, i would say yes i mean we we really don't see anyone you know even at the professional level much above like 85 maybe 90 uh percent of on plane or some of our higher guys we very rarely see guys at 100 um you know if a guy is able to really connect and and find the pitches at different locations and, you know, use a side bend or side hinge or use their legs to get different spots. They're going to see their, you know, they're going to see their plane increase. Um, But yeah, we, we really don't see a hundred percent. I think if any kid is striving for a really strong on plane percentage score, they're going to look anywhere between like 55 and 60% to about 75 or 80%. If they can stay within that range right there, um, they're at a high, you know, long level of on plane. Um, I think one of the things to kind of highlight that, that I that I always point out, because I, I grew up in the old school, right, playing, you know, born in 79, playing ball in the, you know, the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Um, I don't want, you know, you might understand on plane, but, but for those who are just kind of new and grabbing this right now, this is just keeping the barrel in the zone longer. It's things you and I used to hear when we we're growing up. Keep your, you know, keep that barrel in the zone longer. That's Exactly what we're looking at. So so to your point, you can't keep the barrel in the zone 100% of the time, but if we can keep it in there 60, 70, 75% of the time, we're going to make more consistent contact.
0: One of the things that I've been uh, <clears throat> seeing a lot, I don't know if you're how active you are on, on Twitter or social media, is bat speed and how uh, bat speed is kind of overrated in a sense. What are your thoughts on that?
1: We We feel the same way in house. Um, I would say if your bat speeds traditionally very low for your age, so let's say you are a youth 14 year old and your bat speed is not matching to the age group you're with, then yes, we would want to focus maybe on how we can get stronger and create some more bat speed. But the major league average varies a lot on bat speed. And we'll see guys who are extremely powerful at 65 or 70 miles per hour. Um, And just for anyone listening, when we talk about bat speed, I know there's always a lot of crossover from exo-velocity and launch angle versus what what you and I are kind of talking about, Patrick. We're physically talking about how fast your bat's moving at impact, so not the exit of the pitch. And I I know you already know this, Patrick, but just kind of clean it up for some of your guys. But if you're able to sequence well and get to 70 miles per hour on a bat speed, um, that's actually more valuable than someone who can swing 85 miles per hour because they're really strong, but their sequencing is all falling apart. So uh, to your point, I, I do follow a lot on Twitter and the social media stuff. If you were to talk to us internally, um, unless we saw a very very low bat speed where the kid just really needs to mature and get a little bit stronger, we very rarely, um, you know, evaluate bat speed in a very uh, in in a way where we have to over evaluate it. Um, a little neat feedback. We're, we're in the Cape Cod league. This is our, our third summer of being up there collecting data, right? Just watching some of the highest level college kids playing in the summer. This past summer we saw, you know, bat speeds from, from collegiate kids are all about the same speed. They swung anywhere from 65 or 70 miles per hour to right around 80 miles per hour. You really didn't see a vast difference in their bat speed. Um, where they were different is how they were able to sequence and what we call, and we'll, we'll dive into this, I'm sure later, but we look at our rotational acceleration, which is how efficiently do you get to that bat speed at contact. So, um, everything you're looking at socially and everything that we look at internally lines up with, with exactly what you're saying here. that That is a little bit of a value if you need to, you know, gain some strength, but, Um, we're really, really evaluating whether you're sequencing correctly more importantly than your bat speed.
0: Well, I'm sure a big part of it as well is is what size bat are you using, right? Because there's big leaguers that use a 32 ounce and I I know there's big leaguers that use a 34 ounce. So, I mean, that, that makes a big difference as well.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the the neat thing of assessing the swing in general, whether you're, you're using blast or you're using some, some post impact, you know, if you, if you want to understand more about your post impact um, information, but um, if you're able to put a different bat in your hands, see what the results are um, by using some technology and also using a little bit of the eye test, where did the ball go? Um, you can start matching up with with what type of uh, equipment you should be using in the box to make yourself more efficient.
0: All right. Let, let's get into – I know you just brought up rotational acceleration. Like, Let's get into that a little bit. Tell me kind of what that – what does that help with? How does that kind of like evaluate – Like, how does that help players at all?
1: Yeah, so – you know, when we're really diving in the swing, we talked about your on plane efficiency earlier, right? How, how percentage long we can stay on. Um, we really dive into three simple areas. And the, the third one is your rotational acceleration. Just what you were mentioning. Um, you know, going back to the, uh, maybe the older school of how we discuss this is using your core muscles and sequencing well, right. Um, same stuff that successful hitters have been doing for over a hundred years, right. Go back and you watch some of these older swings by, uh, you know, Willie Mays or Hank Aaron, they're sequencing and rotating well. So when we talk about rotational acceleration, we're actually, you know, it's we're, we're, we understand from where the sensor, again, makes impact going backwards. And we're able to look at how efficiently you get to that ball. So if we look at someone who may be cast out a little bit, Patrick, or let's just say they lose their backside, right? I'm someone who's shifting off my back leg. I've lost the ground and I'm starting to move forward. I might still, and this goes back to your bat speed conversation, I might still have a fast bat speed because I'm able to just physically move myself that fast uh, with my hands. But now I'm using my hands to get to that speed versus actually staying back and rotating efficiency, efficiently. We look at this in rotational Gs. So there is a score that you'll get on any swing that we have that discusses what your swing is in, in rotational Gs. To give you a little concept, the major league average is 17 Gs. That's the average. Um, we've never seen swings below in the major league level, below 14 G's. Now, you know, I don't want to scare a, a kid away who has a rotational score of like eight or 10 that they can't make it, you know, to the next level. Um, but we've now been working with professional teams for over four or five years, and we've never seen a score below that. I actually think it would be a really helpful, you know, point if I was someone who's trying to grow up and learn the game more or, or understand how I can, you know, improve my swing. Okay, my rotational score is uh, eight or 10 G's. I understand in order to get to that next level, um, I'm going to need to be working on some med ball work. I'm going to be working on some weight room work. Uh, I might even need to be work on sequencing a little bit. I might be someone who's getting out on my front foot, somebody who's opening up too much. Um, so, you know, when we're looking at the rotation, it's a very interesting score. Like that's probably one of the ones, uh, we have a really neat lab downstairs. If anyone's able to look at our training videos, that's actually our lab that's downstairs in our office with, with the, uh, headquarters. And we actually all go down there to figure out how we can improve our rotational scores. Sometimes the old happy go more step through drill to make sure you're staying on your backside. Um, you know, some simple step through drills just make sure you're not losing losing that backside um, as you're swinging. So that's that's the primary area that we're looking at with rotational acceleration. But it is, you know, it kind of is the the. All three of these areas that we'll get into, which is the the plane and the connection and rotation, but the rotation is kind of the, the secret as you start to move up and start to play at a higher level. Um, you know, when we see someone with a low rotational score, um, their decision or their their commit time when the ball is coming in has to be extremely early. So they know they don't sequence very well. So when the pitcher, you know, the ball is coming out of the pitcher's hand very, very early, they're going to have to make decisions on where that pitch is. Uh, someone who sequences and has a high rotational score is able to let that ball get later in the zone, so in theory able to see if it's breaking, you know, if it's going to be cutting away, you know, away or in, you know, or, or going the other direction in on them, and they're able to make a later decision on the pitch. Um, I mentioned before that <laughs> that I pitch, I have a low rotational score, which would have made sense because even in high school I was someone when the ball was coming in, uh, was making a very early decision if something was low and away um, my best case scenario was almost to flick it to try to, I was a left-handed swinger to try to flick it over the uh, third baseman's head. I would lose my rotational acceleration. I wasn't sequencing well. Um, so that's a little deep dive into what we're looking at when we dive into that rotational score.
0: So when you say uh, sequencing, do you mean like uh, the typical, like hips, shoulders, hands type of sequence?
1: You got it. That's exactly when we get in a room with, you know, uh, an academy or a high school program or a collegiate program, I mean, that's what we say. starts with your hips, it's going to work up to your shoulders, and it's going to go to your hands. Really, you know, you look at these guys that check swing now. I used to check swing with my hands. These guys check swing with their hips, right? They just do that little turn, and they decide not to go. Um, when they decide to go, those hips start get going a little bit. Then if, if at the very end, that shoulder starts to go a little bit. And then the last thing that's sort of, I wouldn't say dragging, but... You know, when you kind of slow a swing down, it almost looks like the hands are just naturally driving and whipping through. Um, to give you a little bit of idea, tying that back into bat speed and why bat speed, you know, isn't maybe the the end all when it comes to an efficient swing. Um, I can swing a bat about 70 miles per hour, but I'm casting, so it's taking me a long time to get to 70. It's sort of let's imagine I'm taking the bat off my shoulder and starting to swing. It's going from 10 miles slowly to 20, to 30, to 40, to 50, to 60 before I hit the ball or 70 miles per hour on my bat speed. Those individuals who sequence, just like you mentioned, Patrick, starting with your core, working through your hips, then work for your shoulders, and then all the way out to your hands, they're getting that bat speed. They're much faster. So halfway through their swing, they already might be at their max bat speed. So now they're going to have that max bat speed for a longer percent. And that's, that's the, the old crack or the whip, right? It just sounds different when the ball hits that bat than it does with someone who, who struggles to get that bat speed or to sequence efficiently.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. Very, very well explained. Let's talk about uh, connection. I know there's a few different connections. Uh, mm-hmm. There's connection schoolwork, early connection, and then connection at impact. What What's the most important one? Which one should we focus on?
1: I would say that I would focus more on early connection. Okay. So um, this is going to get a little bit more um, – I wouldn't say complicated, but technical, and so so some of your, your listeners can kind of dive into this. Um, if we're, because we know where your center of gravity starts and ends when we have a sensor on, we're able to get an approximate angle of where your spine angle starts. So I'd kind of challenge any of the people that are listening to kind of just stand up as straight as you possibly can, have your spain, spine straight up and down, right? Now if you're a right-handed hitter, just go ahead and place that bat on your right shoulder. If you're a left-handed hitter, go ahead and place that bat on your left shoulder, right? In the early connection, we're actually tracking that bat that's shooting out backwards behind you and that same spine that you're standing up at right now, right? And we're trying to make 90 degrees matching, again, that spine going up and that bat going backwards. And why I would say these are kind of equally important, but why I would say the early connection, um, I would value a little bit more. The major league average of early connections is 92 degrees, meaning when a hitter starts his swing, whether he likes to you know, use a little flare in the box and wiggle his hands a little bit, they always get back to some point before they start to go. They get back to their spine angle and their vertical back going backwards at approximately 90 degrees. They mentioned 92 degrees. What we're seeing a lot of younger hitters do or at least guys who, who start to struggle as they move up um, – and again, a, a really athletic 15- or 16-year-old might be okay – But as he might get into collegiate ball or he might start to move into the minor league system, it gets a little harder, is when we start to see guys at early connection, Patrick, they start to barrel tip a little bit, right? So that same moment that I would ask everybody who was standing up earlier with that bat out backwards, now I'd like you to kind of tip it up forward, almost as if you're trying to take the, the barrel of your bat and put it up in the air. So in this position, now your bat that's behind you is a little more upright. Your spine's still straight. You're at like 120 or 130 degrees, when we see kids that on the early connection are past, way past, I mean, if you're if you're 95 or 100, you're not so bad. When we see kids get to 110, 115, 120 in early connection, they're barrel tipping upwards and then they're trying to get back into the, the appropriate slot. Now, if you're soft tossing or you're working off the tee, um, that's not going to be a fundamental issue because the ball's not moving. You're going to just naturally kind of swing your bat back to 90 degrees slowly and kind of get there. But if you're barrel tipping at that early connection and you're at 120 degrees and you're kind of caught up there, you know, these guys that are now throwing, I mean, even at the high school level, throwing, you know, 85-90 with move it and and you get into the collegiate level, same throwing you know, throwing in the you know the high eighties to low nineties, now you're caught up there and your only decision is to throw your hands to the ball at that point. Because it's moving, right? We're we're stuck with that barrel tip up there. And and this is something that I, I would say any coach or teacher of the game um, you know, recognizes when they've got a kid who who I wouldn't say handsy's with his swing. He's handsy when he gets in that box. He wants to look. You know, I, I pretended I wanted to be Ken Griffey Jr. with like the backwards hat, right? Well, if you really slow Junior's swing down, he always got back to ninety degrees before he swung. I was somebody who was spinning all over the place. Now the ball's moving, and I'm caught in a barrel tip at 120 or 30 degrees, and now I'm struggling to get back to that pitch as it's moving. Okay. So. They're equally, um, you know, there's equal value in early connection or connection and impact, and we'll dive into that in a second. But I wanted to take a little bit of deeper time because I think early connection is still something that um, those people that are kind of graduating into, into understanding blast and the swing a little more have really started to enjoy early connection and understand how that can affect, you know, your plane score and your rotational score. Because if we're caught up there, we're going to have so many other issues getting back there. Um, but I want to take a little bit longer and and dive into that. Do you have any you know questions or follow up on from your experience?
0: Um, yeah, I'm actually just kind of looking over some uh, data currently um, <clears throat> from some of the players that are on our my team, and their uh, average is actually over a hundred. Um, so I know you talked, said earlier that the MLB average is 92 degrees. Um, See, so yeah, that's actually I'll be honest. Early connections that's that hasn't been one that I've really focused a ton on um which again i'm glad i had you on because you're you know you're you help i don't know everything about i mean any tech even though i use it um i usually just look at the attack angle time to contact bat speed um vertical bat angle and then playing efficiency as well um so i'm kind of actually really glad you uh, kind of uh, dropped the nugget about the rotational acceleration i think that'll be good for kids to see especially the mlb you know there's no MLB player below the 14Gs, um, but the early connection, like I said, haven't focused a ton on that. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up and kind of dove in on that.
1: Yeah, and every all the other data points you just mentioned, Patrick, we see value in. So it's not as if um, you know time to contact. I mean, launch angle. I mean, I can we can talk about that for 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 the whole podcast if you <laughs> wanted to. Um, but like that. That, that matches I mean if we're on plane and then we're also to match our you know somewhat of a positive launch angle we're at we're the perfect spot right that ball's coming down we're on plane a long period of time but why I dove into the connection and especially the early connection as long as I did um, we released the, the the plane connection rotation piece was actually in our in our major league app um, or a major league solution for the last like couple of years and we just released this past fall in September the these three areas that were all on the uh, only on the MLB side, so they were not in the consumer-facing app. So you mentioned you used this a couple years ago. You're really getting bat speed, time to contact, attack angle, or launch angle, and a few others, right? And then when we shifted in the the on well, we had the on-plane efficiency too, but when we shifted in the rotational acceleration and the connection score. Um, even myself in, internally with Blast, I was like, okay, why are, we, why are we releasing these? And I could understand early connection, but I don't think we understood the value of what that is at the youth level, that a lot of these kids are getting stuck up there. So a lot of times we just get them to be – I remember my, my – I mean, I'll give a little, little credit to my dad. Um, when I would struggle hitting, he would just ask me to put the barrel on my shoulder for a while, right? Just, hey, let's quiet everything behind you. Let's get real sound back here and see if that helps you get to the pitch more consistently, right? Or get get to the ball, and that would usually help me. Um, so when you see a kid, at least from from the blast data that we've that we're reviewing, that has an early connection score of over 110, 115, 120, um, you know, I would, you know, Patrick, I know you use our stuff. I would get behind a kid, um, take a video from him because a lot of times you can't see it from the side as well because he's he's wiggling in front of you. But if you get behind him you'll actually see before he goes that, that bat that bat will actually tip up a little bit and they're creating with their again their spine on their bat more than 115, hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty degrees, and that's causing them issues to get back to the ball on the other side.
0: So when you say when you say like bat tip, would it be uh, like a Javi Baez type of a bat tip?
1: Yeah, but I mean but that he's always what's crazy is yes, but he's actually always getting back to ninety. So I'm not saying don't wiggle your bat. I'm saying when you actually, you know, let's say you're standing on your backside and you're wiggling that bat, it's fine. The problem is if, if that barrel, is, this is a barrel tip or a bat tip, if that barrel is shooting more towards the sky when you have to go forward, or let's even say it's shooting more towards the pitcher, kind of like over your head, um, you're going to end up getting caught up there as you're trying to get back there. Um, again, my, the one thing I would recommend you do, Patrick, is find a kid who has a really high early connection score use our video mode and go stand behind him not not on the side because it's a little harder to see stand behind in this video like two or three swings and just look at where his his you know the the vertical bat behind him will end up going more towards the sky he'll actually have it kind of like rocked up a little bit um with compared to where his spine is creating again more of 120 130 degrees and those individuals have a hard time with some of the consistencies in their swing because they're caught up there.
0: <laughs> okay, I got you. That, that makes sense now. Yeah, take,
1: I mean literally just take the barrel. If, if you're standing there pretending right now at home, just take the barrel and just tip, take, you know, use your thumb as like the barrel and just tip it up to the sky. And like that's, that's what's happening. Like they're getting caught there.
0: What about power? It says there's a power as well. well does that just combine everything?
1: Yeah, we're kind of taking you're taking your bat mass and your average, you know, your average um, um, acceleration and we're putting it together kind of so it's a speed at impact. I would say that our as our our power was here before our rotational acceleration score was in. So, I would if I had to truly focus, I would remove the power out and dive deeper into your rotational acceleration score on Gs. Okay. What about just, uh, just, just where like we want to dive in, staying on, sorry to interrupt, but staying on connection. Cause we, we talked about early connection. Um, let me briefly dive into connection at impact. And why okay. I think this is why this is interesting is um, when we talk about early connection, I said the the, the major leaguers always get to almost 90%. They're at like 90 or sorry, 90, 90 degrees. So they are at 92 degrees, but connection at impact, they break down a little bit more. They're at 81 degrees. Now when I'm talking about connection at impact, the same way that that spine angle that we were talking earlier that's that's up and down there's going to be a point in time when your vertical bat makes contact with the pitch you mentioned patrick you look at vertical bat angle right so let's say your vertical bat angle is pretty steep because you're going to a low and low and in pitch right so we're steep down at like 40 degrees right we're trying to match our spine and bat to the pitch so if we can get as close to 90 degrees of impact we're really strong the best way i would describe this is i'm a pretty tall guy so i would stand upright real real tall on the low and away pitch, I wasn't somebody who would go get my nose to the ball. I would stand very upright and I would try to take a swing. When I would do that, I'm not connected to that pitch as strong as I can be at like 90 degrees. I'm probably more like 120, 130 degrees. And now I'm losing my power at to impact too. So we're really in a, in a, in a perfect, um, this isn't just a, a perfect blast world. This is a perfect like swing that we're recognizing. If you can see that early connection and get to around 90 degrees, and we can rotate and get back to 90 degrees at impact, we're kind of at our – not kind of. We are at our two strongest points at early connection and connection at impact.
0: What um, what about time to contact? What type of numbers should we be looking for um, on that one?
1: Yeah, I mean time to contact, we just want to have consistency. Um, the major league average is .14 seconds. Um I would say you're going to see anyone from anywhere from 0.12 to 0.18. I mean, you got some younger kids who might be up to the 0.2s. You know, mm-hmm. really our number one focus on time to contact is this, that you're staying consistent with what your time to contact is. So if you're a point – and this is a very small you – know, this is a very small moment in time, right? We we talk about how quick that pitch is coming in, that swing is happening just as fast. So we're talking about, you know, not even a, not even a half a second, less than that. But all we want to see is that you're consistent with that number. If I'm always 0.17, I want to be around 0.16, 1.18, 0.17. I want to be right around there. If we're kind of all over the place with that score, one time we're 0.14, one time we're 0.23, um, our contact is just whipping through the zone at all different times. Sometimes we're going really, really fast, almost too fast, and we're maybe yanking things down the line. Sometimes we're dragging on the other side. So, you know, the the again, the major league average is 0.14. Um, I think for your normal youth kid, if you could be about 0.18, but just consistently stay there, Patrick, that would be the most important part.
0: Yeah. I, and I agree, you know, being efficient, um, and consistent is, is huge, especially cause you see so many different kids. And I like to call I like to call them hit track swings, um, where kids <laughs> just try and just set new, new highs on hit tracks and just spin out every time. Um, that's just, that doesn't translate to the game.
1: No. And I love hit tracks. And, oh, I do. Oh, no, I,
0: I use it. There's a it's great, great tool. Like, I use it all the time, but I just – kids need to understand, it, you know, the the reason it's there is not to, you know, try to hit a ball off a tee down the left field line if you're a right-hand hitter 105 miles an hour.
1: Yeah. No, and, I, and that's – I mean, that's part of, you know, when we start diving deeper with people and, and why I mentioned, like, we love hit tracks, it – you know, all the post-impact stuff is like jumping to the end of a chapter in a book or the last 10 minutes of a movie. Um, it's really important to understand what the end result is. But what we wanted to be able to dissect is what happened over the entire book or the entire movie that got us to that last moment. And that's what we're talking about today. And that's what's the technology we're able to bring um, is, no, we don't want a kid coming out of his shoes uh, trying to hit a laser down the down the you know left field pole. Um, we want them to be able to adjust and hit – Stay on plane consistently, stay connected, rotate efficiently, um, you know, launch angle that matches their swing, not one that hits pop flies, one that hits line drives over the second baseman and shortstop's head if they're not a kid who has the power to hit the ball out. Um, And I I, I just, I, you know, as you mentioned, hit tracks It's like, I I think a lot of times the, the tech world, you know, at times can get a little negative on. Um oh well you guys are all trying to create, you know, home runs. And it's like no, not all the time. Like this this technology is trying to create the best hitter you can be whether you're a line drive guy who hits doubles or you know or whether you're a guy who can hit home runs.
0: Yeah, and like I said I mean I I like HitTrax. I use it all the time. It's just it needs to be used kind of the right way. No different than anything else.
1: Completely agree. Yeah. Um
0: what do you see um uh, big leaguers with a negative attack angle?
1: No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, the short answer to that is, is the major league average is eight degrees. So um, when we were up, I mentioned the Cape Cod earlier, um, we didn't see a single kid with, this is, you know, 200 kids that we had information on. We had maybe a handful to, a, you know, a dozen or two kids that had a negative attack. angle. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it just isn't it just isn't there. I heard, I was in, in Atlanta, I actually talked to an academy there, but I thought, the owner said something really interesting. He said, when you hit the ball on the ground, you kind of messed up. You never see a guy hit a ground ball to short and, and bat flip. They throw their bat down and run to first as hard as they can. And they know they accidentally didn't mean to hit the ball that way. Right. Um, that's not saying that there's not value in, you know, hitting line drives. Um, I'm not asking for people to hit pop-ups, but, um, we will, we kind of tell anyone attack angle between zero and 15 degrees. Some kids, you know, probably more between five and 15, to be honest. Um, but, if a kid needs to be between two and six degrees because he, you know, doesn't have the power yet, he's trying to hit line drives back to the pitcher. Like we're comfortable with that. If you have a kid who should be between five and twelve because he's hitting line drives, and some kids can all go up all the way to like fifteen or twenty if they have the power for it. So, the short answer from the major league side, though, is we do not see you, we do not see people swinging down and hitting down on the ball.
0: What would you say the highest attack angle you've seen at the
1: big league level is? Um, with consistency, I mean, you're looking probably around 20, 20 degrees. I mean, they're, they're not hitting the ball so aggressively up that it's, you know, 45 degrees up. I mean, again, we're looking to get people between 10 and 15 and we've been, we've seen scores around, you know, around 20, 25 degrees is about the max that we see. If you get kind of too high, uh, if you don't have the wind blowing out, (laughs) Um, you're going to end up hitting hitting pop flies and doing warning track power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've I've definitely seen that a time or two. I was actually reading um, I don't know if you read this, but Quantitative Hitting. Um, it's been out uh, for a little bit now, and, and one of the things they talk about is vertical bat angle. In that, um, how important would you say vertical bat angle is?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the vertical bat angle is going to adjust to what pitch that you're actually getting to and the steepness of your bat. So. If you can't get your vertical bat angle to, to the necessary area of the pitch, you're going, going to naturally struggle. So um, the short answer to that is if I don't, you know, we talk about on-plane efficiency earlier, right? And you talk about, hey, can I get to 100% in certain areas? Well, if I got a pitch that's coming low and in, but I can't get my vertical bat angle there successfully, my on-plane's going to struggle, right? They're gonna kind of be working together. I need, my vertical bat's going to naturally have to get a little bit steeper in order to get to that pitch. Um, And by getting a little bit steeper to that pitch, if we actually track again that, that swing backwards as we were talking about earlier, um, now I'm able to stay on that plane path longer. So um, the variable of the vertical bat is it's going to change pitch dependent. um, But we need to be able to adjust to that pitch kind of similar to the connection conversation we were having earlier. If we're not connecting well enough, low and away or up and in um, we're going to struggle with getting our vertical bat to the right spot. What was your take? I've heard, I haven't read that yet, but I've, I've heard quite a bit about it. What was your take on
0: the read? Uh, it was an interesting read. Um, one of the things that I talked about actually was well they brought up actually Joey Votto and how um, his he has like one of the higher vertical bat angles um, in the big leagues. And it talked about essentially that it's important to have a vertical bat angle uh, more vertical more. I guess they they kind of showed um, the data. And from high school to college and college to MLB, like the higher up you got, the um, more there was a higher increase in the vertical bat angle. So, like, I, I forget exactly what it was. I want to say for the big league average it was negative 28. I could be wrong. Um, but I know I know it's, it, it increases um, for each level.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, we're, we find a – to your kind of point, like a, a canoe, let's say like you use canoe, right? Like he's able to get that vertical bat in a spot where he's able to, to get that to negative 25, negative 30. And now it's, it's, I wouldn't compare anything to a golf swing, but it has a little bit more of that, of that focus, um, where you can actually, Hey, and again, I want to say getting under the ball. It's more you can drive the ball when you get that vertical bat in the right spot.
0: Do you think that, um, there will ever be a time where big leaguers will use a blast during
1: games? I mean, I don't think the players would be as opposed to it. Um, Especially as we're working, you know, very aggressively to get um, embedded bats. Um, I just wonder what, you know, the rules committee and the players committee would actually, you know, would actually think of having, you know, beyond the normal hit tracks that's in game or even Hawkeye. That's now kind of moving forward um, with, with exit velocity and different things that are going on. I just wonder if they'll actually approve that. Um, I don't, I really don't think, you know, we're, we're at the minor league system um, in game and we're not getting any pushback from these guys swinging actually, even now at the youth level with the Cape and Airy code games and, A bunch of other you know partnerships that we have um you know every player that we're around is is completely willing to take swings with technology on their bat i think that's been a pretty interesting piece even for us over our you know two or three or four years of growth as we used to see a kid or two say oh i don't you know i don't want to take that you know the technology piece on now they're all accepting and willing to to put the technology on the bat so no i don't i think we would be naive to believe as fast as technology is moving in this game that we're not going to see live in-game sensor technology at the at the major league level um at some point point. and i don't think it'll you know i don't think the players will hold this up i think it'll probably do more with the uh the union itself and with major league baseball and rolls committees if they want to want to bring that into the game but but as of right now we're approved I mean, you mentioned it earlier we're we're approved in in minor league games so a lot of our affiliates are using this for for live pitching and in game uh data
0: yeah, I know we were talking about that yesterday how uh it is interesting that some of the affiliates for certain organizations like everyone is using them and um and that's you know really really cool to see and i think um I think you know it I hope I mean I, I, for example i I, I got um, I was on Twitter last night and someone was saying how it would be really really cool to see the, the home run derby you know all those guys you know what you know if they had blast sensors on like what the you know measurements would be
1: mm-hmm. I saw I was I, I think you and I saw the same uh, the same tweet so I was looking at that too thinking um, what would it really look like to understand they're on a plane efficiency and that's that goes back to the conversation we had before where I think right now um, the whole baseball world's really clamoring on the on the post impact stuff, which I totally understand. It's it, it really is interesting to understand what that exit velocity and launch angle looks like. But I think once we start to understand all the pre impact stuff more, um, I think we're going to get more adoption into your normal, um, you know, kind of your normal everyday baseball fan, or even someone like you and I um, who want to have a deeper understanding of what's happening through that swing, not just what the end result was with the baseball
0: have you guys ever thought of um i wouldn't say partnering up but kind of like eh, maybe i will say partnering up with um some other company like like say uh, k motion for example where mm-hmm. you have that da- data and now you have you know the bat sensor as well and you can kind of combine them too so you can kind of look at it all on one screen versus you know having your blast on one and then the k vest on something completely different
1: the short answer is no. I mean, we have very healthy relationships with Body Tracks and K Vest and Hit Tracks. Those guys are all great. Rap Sotos, even, you know, we talk to those guys, they're all great guys. Um, but no, we're we're kind of in our own niche right now. Um, you know, fortunate background of this company is that uh, we got started by an individual who, who'd done very well for himself, started a bunch of other companies. So, um, I think from his end, he wants to see this through kind of on his own terms. But I think the relationships we have with them and the open conversations when you meet with, uh, you know, someone like yourself or the drawing lines or the 108s and you meet with these guys who are understanding, you know, every part of the swing or even our, our professional teams, um, they're looking – they're bringing all that together, right? They're bringing your K-best and your – blast and your uh you know your post impact stuff and they're they're telling a complete story so it is really interesting i just you know with where blast is at right now we're we're trying to make our own niche
0: gotcha um one last question i guess there's one there is one other uh metric i kind of want to talk about was peak hand Mm -hmm. like what what do you see um from that in regards is there a relationship between that and bat speed and is that important to look at
1: (sighs) I guess kind of similar. The short answer is no. Um, you know, internally, it's not one that we dive into a whole lot. Um, you know, if we see someone who has a hand speed, that's just starting to get way out of range, um, they'll start to, you know, maybe overcompensate or roll over on the ball, almost be moving their hands too fast. Right. So I'm moving too fast and now I can't get back to that same spot. I'm rolling over on something or someone who's dragging with their hand speed. Um, you know, now we need to understand that, but no, the I, th- I think the ones we primarily touched on, which you know, you talked about your you know personally how you look at time to contact, vertical bat angle, um, you know, attack or launch angle, and uh, a little bit of on plane. You know, I think those are some really common ones that I would recommend anyone to look into. Um, but some of the, the the newer ones, maybe even as you and I were chatting, I think the rotational acceleration side of this and the connection score um, are really something I would do a deep dive into. Um, as I was diving, you know, if I were jumping into what we're looking at with our data.
0: Matt, I I really, really appreciate the time today, man. Um, great stuff, great content, and I'm really glad we got to do this. I think... I know we talked yesterday on the phone, and it's it's one thing to have the data, but to know you know exactly what the numbers mean and to kind of implement it and things like that, um, that's a whole different ballgame. So again, I really appreciate you coming on and kind of explaining all the metrics, what they mean, what you know, which ones are really important, which ones you know may maybe not so much. Um, so again, really appreciate it, man.
1: No problem, Patrick. Thank you for having us on. I mean, for everyone that's out there listening, we're we're a half a phone call away you know this doesn't even need to be about you know the blast you know conversation about you know how you can line up your organizations or your teams uh, we just love talking baseball with guys so if anybody wants to reach out uh, blastmotioncom and we're we're more than willing to, to spend some time with you talking more about what we're looking at
0: awesome thanks again man.
1: thanks Patrick appreciate it bye